Hi, welcome back to Spiraling. I'm Katie. I'm Serena. We are thrilled to be here with you today. <laughs> it's our favorite thing. I really do it's love truly having this as part of my week. <laughs> Me too. I was looking forward to it all this morning. And it is kind of funny because Katie and I are on different time zones. So it's like, I sometimes feel like Katie's starting her day where it's like at the bookend to mine. But yeah. I've also re- been re- weirdly realizing that we've been recording prior to like on the same days that I have my public cooking class at night and it's like such a happy way to spend my day so oh, good I know that sometimes it's been a little bit of a stressful sprint well, to the sometimes finish. it's just like <laughs> tight it's tight because I'm like oh I gotta go because I have to set up for class but at the same time it's like such a happy way to go into things and sometimes I feel I have a little bit of anticipatory anxiety which is actually excitement my body registers them as the same thing for class <laughs> so this is like a good way to unwind before i ramp up again and you know put on my showman's hat but <laughs> it's just the best spirals you also go first? i feel like yes i will go first but we've been trying to keep things tight this season i feel like we've doing, been doing well so far so pray for us as yeah, we continue and we should we should to... admit that the only reason that we're able to keep does this not tight, come easily to us it does not come easy to us and it, the only reason that we do is because we talk for about mm, an hour or more prior yes. to this so we just don't have as much left when we get to the ease others eavesdropping portion of the conversation yes Correct. And then we've also been like over scheduling ourselves so that we absolutely can only record for a certain amount of time, which yeah. is probably for everyone's benefit. You are welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. Okay. So my spiral is not, it's actually, it's not really a specific spiral, which I feel like I've been doing this a lot recently. But I noticed this week that I haven't been to therapy in several weeks just because I've been in Maine and my therapist has been on vacation for a few weeks and then I'm going on vacation next week. So it's been sort of a therapy-free zone. And in a strange way, as somebody who's been in therapy for over a decade, I don't really notice that I'm not going, right? Because it's one hour out of my day. Actually, I usually go twice a week. So two hours for being very, very specific, 100 minutes of my week. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of don't notice when I'm doing it. But then I realized today, I was like, oh, I feel a little bit anxious. And I also have less patience, I've noticed. And I'm really good about being patient. And I think that my job, especially my classes, require a lot of patience. And I say that with love, like it's just teaching requires a lot of patience, I think. You know, yeah. it's just a constant exchange. And then also you're teaching something. If somebody's in a class, they're probably there to learn something that they are not extremely knowledgeable about. So therefore there's going to be a lot of questions and sometimes confusion. And it just, I always want to make people feel loved and supported and not like embarrassed for asking certain questions. I never want to be short with anybody. Right. And the same goes for interacting with people online and on zoom. And like, I think this applies to everybody when we're at work, we're just hyper-conscious of being you know, patient and our best selves. And so that I find that with the people closest to me, I will sometimes have 
very little patience and it's become a joke with Logan and I. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I have used all of my patience for today on strangers on the internet and I have mm. very little left. So please be prepared. But I have noticed that when I'm in therapy, I am able to feel more balanced and patient in general, because even if I don't have something specific that I want to talk about in therapy, having that time is sort of a free-for-all to get any grievances off my chest, to talk through things that sometimes are extremely trivial that are annoying me, just lightens my psyche in a huge way that I don't think I realize until I haven't had that sort of catharsis these past three weeks. And I've noticed myself getting like increasingly impatient and sort of not being my best self. And it's funny because I think sometimes the things I talk about in therapy are things that I would talk to you about or any number of friends or Logan or my family. But there are certain things that when you bitch basically about things in therapy, I don't feel guilty afterwards because you're paying. I am paying to bitch and hopefully gain some lovely perspective on whatever I'm bitching about. I would probably, or not probably, I mean, I do tend to spiral when I have like a bitch session with a friend afterwards. I'm like, oh, like that was kind of selfish. And like, I was just talking about myself the whole time. And like that subject was kind of trivial and silly and that and it just does not feel good whereas in therapy you can bitch about whatever you want and then at the end of the 50 minutes you're like okay cool thanks see you next week (laughs) you don't have to feel any semblance of guilt which is why I highly recommend therapy, but it has been interesting just to be aware of this. And especially this week where I'm like, I haven't been in therapy for several weeks. I'm literally supposed to get my period today, which is, as Mm -hmm. we talked about in a previous episode, like I will sometimes, I not sometimes, I always feel significantly more anxious the two days leading up to my period. And yet as an adult woman, I am still surprised every time I get my period because it's not in my calendar or anything. And so I'll be like, oh my God, I'm so anxious. And then I'll get my period and be like, why did you not put that together? So between those two things, it's just been a hot mess this week. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, dude, the period thing and no therapy. That's a, that's a perfect (laughs) storm. (laughs) Um, I, I'm starting to be very aware of the period thing because I get so tired prior to my period. Too. Yes. Just the two mm-hmm. days before I'm exhausted and unrelated to sleep exhaustion. And I, you know, we've talked about that before as well as an anxiety trigger of like any physical thing being an anxiety trigger, but also like feeling exhausted. It's really... I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I have no energy for anxiety then when I'm so tired that I'm like, I don't Mm -hmm. even have the energy to spiral. But yeah, it's like one or the other for me. I'm either like very depressed or very anxious prior to my period. (laughs) Yeah. It's a bitch being a woman. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's not really a specific spiral. I'm just kind of, I'm just being really mindful, especially also after going on three weeks with my family, as we have also discussed in previous episodes, I feel that I am not always my best self with my family. I kind of revert to my teenage self. So when I am reverting to my teenage self and also getting my period and also not in therapy, I'm like, wow, I'm not proud of the woman I am today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think, and we're actually, I think, going to talk about that in a separate episode this season in terms of how sort of guilt and not living in integrity and not feeling like the best version of yourself can also be anxiety triggers. So I'm going to make a note to revisit this topic in that Mm -hmm. episode. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. What is your spiral? My spiral is I, it's basically not to be cagey about it, but like I need to have a tough conversation with someone, I think, and Mm. ask a question And it ends up going to the, you know, my classic, what all my spirals come back to, which is indecision, you know, because I'm pretty sure that's what I need to do is like ask a question and be honest with someone about, you know, I'm dating as we know in this family. And it's like basically telling someone who I like that it's like not, I have to be the like, it's not even a breakup. It's just like, this isn't, I can't, we can't do this anymore. Basically is like what I need to kind of do, but it's also this, Oh, but I do like you still. And I also don't want to hurt your feelings. And like, maybe we can do like, I'm kind of that I'm being that person where I'm usually Mm -hmm. have been on the other end of that. And so it's this like indecision spiral coupled with like cringy of like being direct with someone not wanting to hurt someone's feelings. You know what I mean? It's like all the things Mm -hmm. at once and it will be over and it will be fine. But I'm also, there is also a part of me that's like, maybe I don't need to say anything. Maybe we're just like both on the same page and it's like fine. So I'm just kind of like in the midst of that. And it's causing me a lot of like, just like low level anxiety underneath the current of, you know, everything else. That is yes. just like existential, like larger anxieties, you know, like my anxiety is kind of pooling in this one, like being direct that I'm putting I off. Feel, <laughs> I feel like this is ties back to the discussion we had about like sending an email or a text or something that you've just kind of been dreading. And yeah. it is not a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but for whatever reason, it's the tiny thing always needling you so that you can never fully relax because even when you've taken care of other things you're like oh i have to do that thing but i'm not going to do it right now and <laughs> it just gets increasingly worse and worse until we actually put it to bed yeah totally and there's like there's like the, those ones that just kind of linger for a while and there's others that we just like nip in the bud like right before mm-hmm. we started recording I've been keeping my bike in my friend's garage and she just texted me and she was like, sent me a a voice text. I was like eight seconds long. And she was like, Hey, I'm cleaning out the garage. Can you come get your bike? (laughs) And it's fine. (laughs) But like, I took that as she's mad. It's been there, you know, like I kind of was like, Oh, what am I going to do with the bike? And like, I went on this like tangent and then I'm like, okay, but I know that one. I'm going to text her after this. We're going to sort it out. It's going to be fine. I'll move on. And that's like so quick. Like it is like, I guess that's not even a spiral. It's just like, 
you know, and on a different day, I could hit different, you know, like if I was already down (laughs) and I got that text, like Uh I could totally take it another way where there's other texts that are just like kind of this low level, they linger, you know, where it's like, sometimes you just want to nip it in the bud and text back or do this or do that. And sometimes that's not the most effective solution, you know? Yes. Couldn't agree more. Also, the tone of text is just very stressful. I know. This is that's actually why voice notes are so helpful. But typically with text, I'm like, oh God, like that had a period at the end or no, no punctuation. Are they pissed off? (laughs) I know. I was just thinking that with this, I was like, oh, I know why she made this a voice text because she knows that would spiral if she was like, come get your bike, period. You know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That just sounds aggressive. Couldn't possibly text that. I know. Um, Ugh, I'm okay. sorry. I know those conversations suck, though. So the worst. I know. It'll be. I think yeah. it'll be okay. I'll report back next week. It, yes, please report back next week. <laughs> this week's episode, my friends, is all about anxiety in the digital age. There is so much of it. <laughs> we, we didn't really even know where to start, so we are going to try to touch on the three. Well, they all fall under the banner of screen time, but specifically the 24-hour news cycle and social media and just how our screen time and consumption of content impact our mental health, which there is no denying that they impact our mental health in a major way. I am continuously terrified by how much time I spend online and looking at screens. And I'm almost scared. I, I don't have it pulled up, but I don't, I didn't ask you when we talked about this before, what your screen time actually is, but I get, you know, the report on like Sunday or whenever your iPhone yeah. send, sends you your screen time is either up or down this week for an average of X hours and minutes a day. And I think mine is like nine and a half hours or something. <laughs> I should look at mine. I have no idea what mine is. I also get that notification. And I, the thing I kind of pay attention to usually is like, if it's up or down, up or I down. just kind of clock that. But I don't even like, I don't know. I don't really give it much thought because I'm like, does it use it when I'm using maps? And does it use it yes. when I'm... Yes, So I'm kind of like, I don't know if I... Because I use maps all the time. Like I could be driving somewhere that's like an hour in traffic or something, you know, or I'm listening to Spotify. It gives you a breakdown. It gives you a breakdown if you actually open it up and it'll say Spotify, Instagram, maps, whatever it is, uh, which is actually very helpful. But it is just wild to me that I notice huge, obviously, like if I'm on vacation, right, it goes down (laughs) 95%. But... On, I've even noticed when I'm up in Maine, for example, and I'm just spending the the hours that I'm not working, I'm typically spending with family or friends, or I'm trying to get outside and go on a hike or whatever. So I do see a huge dip in my screen time versus when I'm in New York and I'm not going out that night or whatever. And I just end up answering emails or DMs or like playing around on my phone until all hours of the night. And that screen time is obviously higher. But... I think what is pretty... The first thing I think is important to touch on is how we are able to consume so much news. Like It never ceases to blow my mind how much content I and most people consume on a day-to-day basis. 
and how that is so different than how our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation and great-grandparents' generation consume content. And it's it's been really interesting to have spent... I've spent a lot of time, especially with my dad this year, but he still reads the newspaper. He's not great with his phone. So he does watch the news like at night and he watches mm-hmm. today's show in the morning. But my mom does the same thing and i'm i'm honestly she just she mostly watches the news i'm not sure if she reads the newspaper or not but especially this past it feels like this past um, we're going on you know what is it, a year and a half since the pandemic started but it just feels like most of the news is bad news all the time so our brains are just being <laughs> inundated with bad things all the time and i think that's taken a huge toll on everyone. I mean, the statistics on the increase in anxiety and depression, A, since the advent of the internet, but also over the course of the past year and a half, and then especially these past five years, is just mind-blowing. I mean, I don't know how you feel, but like, I feel very... I feel... I tend to wake up on the anxious side, which is why I, you know, tend to get up, do my CBD, Melissa, legs up the wall routine situation, just because that helps me sort of, I don't wake up at zero. I need to like get back to zero. And I used to be much better, I think, because I went to really early morning yoga, which is, this is the one thing I miss about going to early morning. Remember? That feels so and long ago. I can, it I can was photos in the winter. Sometimes Logan would come with you yes. and you'd have a photo selfie. Wow. That yes. feels like and a different it was time. So it was a different time. And I actually, the one thing I really miss about that is they were so early. Like I either went to a 6.30 or 7 a.m. class. So I had to leave at like 6 or 6.30. And so I basically fell out of bed into the clothes that were at the foot of my bed and ran out the door. And I did not have time to check my email, read any news, go on social media because I was just trying to get the yoga studio. And now that I do everything at home, I've fallen into a pretty bad habit of waking up and checking my email and Instagram first thing in the morning. And I know I need to change that. And it's always, I don't know, I tend to be very self-flagellant when I know that I should not be doing something and I just continue to do it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I am hit with, you know, I open social media, I follow a ton of, you know, activist accounts and news accounts. So I'm getting that in my feed and in my stories, but then I am also getting, you know, the New York Times Digest and the Skim and all of these other things in my email. And it just feels like I start my day with a big old kick in the teeth from like just bad things that are happening in this country and all over the world. And I know that so many other people feel this way and feel sort of a sense of overwhelm. And that overwhelm can also lead to hopelessness and definitely just increases our anxiety levels. And I am just trying to navigate now like what I want to 
what strategies I want to implement because I feel like I have so many tools for managing anxiety outside of just my... There are so many tools that I have in place, but one substantial one that I'm missing is moderating my news consumption. And I think I used to be better about it just naturally pre-pandemic. And now I feel like I need to be informed about so many things. And so I feel like there aren't enough hours in the day to like, you know, research what's like the history of the conflict in Afghanistan and do my work and take care of my family and show up for the various causes that I want to show up for. And I think a lot of people really do feel this way as well. Like, how do you feel about your news consumption? It's interesting. I we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording and I I was like reflecting on it and I listen to a lot of things like not just yeah. news it's like how I get a lot of information. Like I'm obviously pretty audit I'm an auditory learner and I and and I also like going back to the morning thing. I I wake up and much like you, like I, I need to do a lot of things in the morning. I need a lot of alone time in the morning to just get to like baseline. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's either I wake up feeling really low and depressed or anxious about something usually. And then there's like four days a year where I'm like, woohoo, happy to be alive. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, uh... But I can usually like get myself up and it's like, okay, movement endorphins you know add a little bit like if we're talking spoons right and then it's like caffeine really great drug Mm -hmm. you know it's like outdoors maybe like talking to a friend on my phone you know and then Mm -hmm. i i journ i try but my my point is is that that i do all these things and i try to do them early before i even look at my phone like i am one of those people who on a good day, I don't do this always, but on a good day, I will not look at my phone for a while in the morning. Like I use a regular alarm clock. I have a really good one that I got for like $8 on Amazon. It's like really travel and portable and like kind of chic. And honestly, like I could, the whole joke is like, I could sleep like a, you know, 12 year old boy. Like I'm, I could <laughs> sleep until like 3 p.m. easily. So I wasn't waking up with my phone alarm. I was just like, and it turns off. So that's why I had to buy this. And not even like, even if I would go to bed at like 10, like I can just sleep a lot. So <laughs> I had to get this alarm. And then, but it's nice because exactly like you said, I don't go to my phone instantly. And I think, yeah, I think that's just, healthy for me. I don't do it every day. I don't like check my text first thing in the morning. So sometimes I can feel behind on the day because I like don't get to my phone till later in the day. But basically I will the way I like to do it is I, I get up in the morning and I I do like some kind of silly like I call it mat work, but I do like this like ab workout and little stretching or whatever. And I I always listen to NPRs up first during that. And you know, it's just the news program that I, I listen to the daily too, but I sometimes I haven't been as daily <laughs> as I was because I don't know. It was just like it didn't feel correct starting the day with, you know, hearing Michael Barbaro yeah. tell a sad story, you know? And like I know I want to be informed and listen to it later and like have that in my brain, but it didn't feel correct to start the day that way. And I and I like up first now because 
you know, it's not pleasant either, like to hear, but it's quick. It's maybe mm-hmm. like 15 minutes and they kind of talk in this bright news anchory sort of way. And they're like, here's what you need to know today. This happened. And like, this is what's going on. And it's bleak, you know, but it's like 10 yeah. minutes, you get in, you get, in, <laughs> get out. And I do my little mat workout. And then I, and then I leave and I, and, and honestly, I usually will listen to something like funny or something else, like before that, or just music or silence. And then I always leave the house and, and go on a walk with, with my coffee or I get coffee. And that's when I'll like send a lot of voice texts or journal or, or you know, do do something else. And, and I try to like your version of Melissa and up the wall, like I will try to meditate before that because I think that I, I'm trying to like fill my cup before I like even take on what's going on in the day. And then I don't, you know, I get the skim as well, but I don't skim it every day. Sometimes I like I have I it don't either. Yeah. daily every day. I, you know, and and I'm really malleable. And like my friend Carolina always says this to me, like she really feel like the way I feel so anxious about like interpersonal things and like someone not texting Mm -hmm. me back and sending a text. She feels that her, she feels her anxiety about the world, like about like the state, like COVID and the state of the Mm -hmm. world. And, you know, she really gets in there and I, I am empathetic, of course, and I'm like so sad when I hear things and and I under but I it doesn't this is gonna sound maybe like narcissistic, but it doesn't like affect my mental health, you know? Like it doesn't yes fully take me out in a way that like I know a lot of my friends it does who have anxiety and they really have to protect themselves where I can listen to it and be like, that is heartbreaking. And I can like still like go do my work, you know, where I know there are other friends right. who like fully takes them out. And so they really have to protect themselves. And this happened recently with my really close friend here. Her boyfriend was like, it was like not a good situation where he was kind of like giving her a hard time about not knowing something that had happened in the news. And like, I can't believe you, you know, about a name or something. And she was like, Ugh. look, I do I am a smart informed person and I do read the news but like I also you know have a lot of friends and do this and do this and whatever and I obviously like had the exact same reaction as you I was like that's not cool dude and and that's like never what we should not be judgmental to people because it's really hard I'm not good at retaining information actually I'm not either and yeah and so, so anyway so that happened and then because of that in that interaction, I, it made me question my news intake. And I was like, wow, I need to at least make sure, like kind of in the opposite direction to what you were saying, where I was like, wow, I need to make sure I'm informing myself enough. Like I need to make mm-hmm. sure I'm at least listening to one news program a day or, you know, trying, trying my best. And you know, also, like you said, when you go, I'll figure out that something oftentimes, sometimes I will, and I'll just be honest, I'll figure out that something big happened in the world by being on Instagram and seeing it and being like, oh, wow. Okay. Everyone's talking about this. Let me, let me like research what's going on in Afghanistan. And like, like, like that happened yesterday where I ended up spending a couple hours reading and catching up and talking to friends about it because, or maybe that was two days ago or whatever. I like, didn't really know. You know, no, I and I I'm exactly I feel exactly the same way opposite to you. I am not an auditory learner. I need to read it. I need to see the words on the page. Like when I am listening to something, it's sort of like when just anybody listening, if you ever meet me in real life, 
when somebody tells me their name in one ear out the other, it does not exist. Like not because I'm not interested. I'm just like, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm focused on them, but I have to make like, in order for a name to stick, I have to like pause and make up something in my head to remember it. But usually I'm just, it's too fast paced to do that. But when I, for example, when I listen to the daily or news program of any kind, what a day, like whatever I'm listening to, I'm like hearing snippets. And I think this is also partially because I'm typically multitasking. And so I'm not purely focused on the information that I'm listening to. But then I'm like, like I will get these sort of big concepts and I'm like, I'm going to have to look up articles on this later to read it because I did not retain any of that, you know? And it's one of those things too, where I do feel, and I do not want this to be misconstrued as complaining at all, but it's like, I don't know how with so much going on in the world, any of us, that's why like it upsets me to, to have heard that, you know, about your friend's boyfriend, like making a derogatory comment about not being, knowing what something was or that something had happened because it's like, there is a lot going on. There are a lot of names and very, like something like Afghanistan or the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, like all these things are being reduced essentially to social media memes and like things are like, everybody quote unquote knows about them. But like, there are entire six months classes devoted to just breaking the surface on these topics in universities, you know, like the concept that all of us who have very different skill sets would be able to actually, actually understand and internalize all of this information while still completing our work on a day-to-day basis and exercising and <laughs> making meals and socializing and taking care of our families is batshit crazy. It is an unrealistic expectation. And yet I feel that we all carry the burden and or feel the guilt when we are not as informed as we want to be or think that we should be or other people think that we should be. And I struggle with that a lot and it it does cause me a lot of anxiety. And I have, because as I'm always talking about, like guilt is a big anxiety trigger for me when I feel like I am Mm -hmm. not as informed as I should be, or I'm like, wow, how have I not known about this until now? Or why have I not been paying attention to this until now? I really feel a lot of guilt and shame, which triggers my anxiety. But what I've been working on, and if there's anything that this past, you know, year and a half has taught me, when we know better, we do better. Like there is no point in sitting in the shame. It doesn't help anybody to feel uncomfortable, sure, but like you either use it as motivation to actually do something or decide that you are going to inform yourself and also be prioritizing taking care of yourself, et cetera. But just feeling like, wow, I feel really bad about not already knowing this. Like that's just a waste of brain space. Like you don't know what you don't know and either fix it or stop feeling bad if you're not actually planning to do anything because that's just not a productive emotion. Not that all things have to be productive. That was a bad choice of words. But like, that's just, I don't know. know. I mean, I don't have an answer to this. It's more just that I am now trying to be more cognizant of the fact that I could potentially choose to read a newspaper every day instead of, and obviously not cover to cover because I don't have time to do that. But like as, as much as I can or 
kick, you know, I like that. What's the name of the podcast you just said? That's a shorter, like punchier it's called, version of the daily. It's NPR's, oh my God, Up First. <laughs> oh, Up First. Maybe it's like committing to something like that versus trying to do to read all of these different yeah. things. Because I actually saw a video today, which was why we chose to do this episode, because I felt it just really resonated with me. And I just think it's inspiring and something that a lot of it might help a lot of other people. So I came across this video by a man named Carlos Whitaker, who's actually a wonderful person to follow online. But it's called How Much Bad News Can Our Souls Take? And it's literally four minutes. And he basically just explains a lot of the things that we've just talked about. The fact that we consume so much more information than previous generations. And some of the statistics were really alarming. It's like we we consume more information in a single day than our, our parents consumed in a full month. And that is really scary to me. And he was like, you know, we all feel compelled to scroll social media, listen to various podcasts, read all these articles every day. And honestly, the news will change a little bit from hour to hour, but not substantially in that if we only read the newspaper in the morning and then waited 24 hours and revisited the news again, we would not be out of touch, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And he also made the recommendation for something that Katie is already doing and that I have meaning I have been meaning to implement <laughs> for a long time, but that is to get an alarm clock so that we like truly cannot start our days off by bombarding our brain with news or scrolling social media, whatever that is, consuming content before we've actually gotten up out of bed because you have to go get your phone in a different room. And I personally feel though, if I like I know myself well enough that I think if I can switch the alarm clock and have the phone out of the bedroom, I think once I like actually get up and out of the room, I will feel less compelled to pick up the phone. I will want to just start my morning routine versus Mm -hmm. hitting myself with the negativity. But he basically just prioritized the messaging that we, I feel like we are always trying to communicate on this podcast to each other, but also to everyone listening, which is like, we can't truly help others or take care of others to the best of our abilities if we're not also taking care of ourselves. And I do think it's so easy to just get caught up in wanting to be informed and help make change and show up for strangers all over the world and in our neighborhoods and our friends and communities and our families and and be like, well, I'm feeling a little anxious and burnt out and whatever. But like then you go into the comparative mindset suffering and you're like, well, but this how I feel is nothing compared to what all of these other, whether it's a healthcare worker dealing with a pandemic or a refugee in Afghanistan or all of these, like we're all, there's always going to be somebody that's suffering significantly more and a Mm -hmm. reason to not take care of ourselves. Whereas like, it's just, we're allowed to take breaks and I don't know who needs to hear that because I have to like tell myself that all the time. Like you're allowed to take breaks from the news. You really are. And it doesn't mean that you're a terrible person and, and that doesn't give you a free pass to like 
just go into a back into a bubble and and not acknowledge that anything is going on in the outside world. But like taking a day off your phone is allowed, is wonderful. Taking deleting the Instagram app from your phone for a couple of weeks is awesome. Unsubscribing if you've somehow managed to subscribe, like I have to like a bazillion newsletters and a, a bunch of different spheres that are bombarding you with news every day. Like we don't have to do all of those things. Yeah. And I think it, a lot of this comes back to self-awareness and like know what, yeah. what really takes you out and know it's different from day to day. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Serena and I were thinking about who would be the perfect sponsor for this podcast and BetterHelp is it. We are so lucky that we are working with a service that is so aligned with everything we talk about on the show. And we literally say at the end of every episode that we love therapy. And it's true. We really, really do. And this is a service that brings therapy to people securely and easily. And I'm so happy that this season is presented by BetterHelp. Is there something that's bothering you that you think might be holding you back or that you just really want to talk out? I know that that is how I utilize therapy, especially when I don't feel like I want to unload to friends or family members. There's a time and a place for that. But talking to somebody who is a professional has been such a game changer for me. And I know Katie feels the same way. Yes. Therapy is a place to share your spirals and BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who you can start communicating with in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. And you will get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. I think that that is such a huge game changer about BetterHelp because when you have to go to and from therapy, you end up spending so much more time in therapy. It yeah. becomes like a two-hour endeavor versus a 50-minute session where you can like get in, get out, and go about your day, which I think is incredible. Totally. I love remote therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change therapists as needed, which I think is so, so important because it takes a minute to find the perfect fit or the ideal fit for you. And it's also more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. I love that so much. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. They're truly incredible and really inspiring to read. Visit betterhelp.com slash spiraling. That's better H-E-L-P and join over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And we have a special offer for spiraling listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash spiraling. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash spiraling. Thanks, BetterHelp. We love you. We love you. Sometimes I, I find it actually pretty comforting to read the news and like know it's like it helps my anxiety. It gets me out of my own head in, a, in the similar way of like how helping other people can 
mm-hmm. make me not be thinking about my about myself where it's like when I'm spiraling about indecision or a text I want to send or someone not texting me back or who knows listen to what's happening in the world <laughs> you know that's one way to like yeah perspective your... definitely yeah totally <laughs> and, and not even that but also like what I'm trying to say is I would feel this way in New York a lot where when I was feeling really depressed and I would just leave my apartment and like be in, I would always think about this place in the East village, Asher court or whatever. And I'd like be out there. And I remember someone telling me that 60,000 people pass through. I don't remember a lot of people pass through there every day. Yeah, And I would like go outside and see that. And I'd be like, there I would just feel so small, you know, like the the ocean Mm -hmm. or like it really helped me in New York to just like be on the street and like eavesdrop on a conversation and notice things. And, you know, I don't live in a as densely populated place now, but I still just getting out and nature can kind of do the same thing, I guess. But I think the news does something similar where it makes me feel connected to humanity just by listening to like, this is what's happening. It's grounding. It's very grounding to me in a way that, you know, that's like making the news about me, which like now I'm kind of no. that this is coming out, but um, <laughs> no, but I appreciate like the, the perspective it gives you. I can see that a lot. I completely understand that. Yeah. And I think the, the thing that makes me feel bad sometimes, like when that happened with my friend, I, you know, it made me question my news intake. I started asking all my friends, how much news do you take in and what news do you get and what do you read and when and how? And yeah. Like, and I remember different Carolina, a different friend of mine told me and she was like, yeah, I read this and this and this. And it's like, and I was like, oh, I don't yeah. prioritize. Like I really compared myself and I was like, wow, I do not prioritize my news intake at all. And that made me feel like I just wanted to change that a little bit. But I, and I was also like, okay, well, I'm never going to be someone who sits and reads the New York times.com for no, an hour a day. No. Like I'm j- it's just not, me, gonna be me. I'm not either. And yeah. she was like, I read the New York times and the Washington post and the whatever, whatever. And all these things. And I was like, I, okay. Oh. I was like, Roger that I'm going to do it. But then I was like, <laughs> I can't. And then, and then I was like, I don't think I, I honestly, I was like, I'm not sure if I'm smart enough to like retain and read and do all that. I'm a very slow reader. And so then I had to do what worked for me. And I was like, okay, well, my version of the best I can do is listen to one news program a day and like try yeah. to like, if there's something I want to know more about, like um, a couple months ago, I just was like, I want to know more about Israel and Palestine and what my thoughts are here. And instead of like reading about it, I had a conversation with two friends who were like arguing over it. And I was like, break this down for me. Tell me everything. Like I, and I listened and I heard them argue and I heard both sides and I like tried to get my opinion. And then they both sent me articles from different angles. And I read those articles and that was like, you know, I think I'm, I'm very malleable. And I like, if someone tells me their opinion, like you're a good example of this. Like I know you and I trust you and I like you. And so if you were to like, tell me an opinion about something I didn't know much about, I don't really need to know why I would probably just, my knee jerk reaction is to just like adopt your opinion because that just may, and that's not me being like a doormat. It's me just being like, Serena knows more about this topic than I do. I know and trust this person. I'm in, you know, like I don't care enough to like do research. And so 
I think that, and there would be another issue. Like if you had something that I was like really passionate about, or like if we were talking about like an area that's like really intense for me, I would, that wouldn't be the case. But if it's like something that someone else, that's why I think talking about the news and conversation, I think is interesting and like good to do with friends yeah. and talk about politics. And, and I think that's like, people don't want to do that, but I think that's actually way more interesting to me than, and, and some of it, like, I remember I was talking to my friend Sophie a couple months ago and she was like, Oh, did you hear about COVID in Michigan and blah, 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 blah. And you know, because I'm from there or whatever. And she was like kind of regurgitating something. And I was like, hitting, I was like, yes. And then this, and then this, and then we just kind of looked at each other. And we're like, we listen to the same news program, don't yeah. we? Because we were just like <laughs> saying the exact facts that were on NPR yeah. that morning. And I'm like, okay, we we are in our liberal bubble and like we have the same yes. thoughts and everything. So this is actually not that interesting. But, you know, I mean, that's what they say. Like ideally to talk to people who have different opinions than you, which I had a lot of guilt about that during the election where I think I've maybe told you this where everyone was cheering in the neighborhood when Biden won. Yeah. And, and I was like, I don't, I didn't do anything to help this. Like I voted, but I didn't like spend time with family members who maybe voted for someone else and like try to switch their opinion. And, you know, so it's like, you have to know that like, okay, that maybe wouldn't have worked. So why take my mental energy? I actually know for a fact that I wouldn't be able to like change my uncle's opinion. And so I didn't try and I felt a little guilt about that. But then I was like, you know what? I think I was protecting myself because that was going to be a dead end. And then maybe other people would look at that as, as like, well, you should have tried. You could have maybe, you know, and I don't no, know. But yeah. But then it's like, also, I think people love to cast aspersions, so to speak, when if the tables were turned, relationships are at stake. And I don't know. I don't know. I think all of these are such tricky things to navigate. And I think there's also, we've now spent so much time talking about the news, but we also did want to like touch on other elements here. And I'm yeah. curious if on a lighter note, I also think like the amount of content that is not news related that we consume on social media is also quite funny because like interspersed, it is jarring to the brain to see, I think it's also depends on who you follow, but to see articles being shared about Afghanistan and then also here's how to style a muscle tee five different ways and like the same 10 second interval you know oh right that's such a good <laughs> point it's, it's it's really it's really wild and i think this is something i think as somebody who shares a lot of things on social media professionally it's always a very difficult line to walk about what to share and when, and I've, you know, I am not qualified to be providing information and on anything outside of the things that I actually have expertise in. So I'm, I'm now also so hyper cautious of like vetting any resources that I share that are things that I just don't know a lot about because I never want to be contributing to the spread of misinformation, which I think mm -hmm. there's been so much of, and that really scares me. But it is also, you know, during the pandemic, I know it was really in the early days, it was like a lot of just like pandemic content, right? And then, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then a lot of Black Lives Matter content, which I have seen die down significantly. And now a lot of things are back to normal, but then we have these every you know, week there's some, and that's, what's heartbreaking about the world is every week there are multiple things going on. There's 
a flood, a fire, an earthquake, a refugee crisis, a, you know, another surge in the pandemic, whatever it is, like there's these constant horrific things going on. So it's like trying to, I grudge anybody who's sharing quote unquote normal content. Like we need that. We Mm -hmm. have, we need that 1000%. But I do think it's really difficult for our brains to be jumping back and forth to like tragedy, tragedy, icing a cake, six pairs of jeans, tragedy, um, <laughs> like <laughs> comedies, some TikTok dances, like tragedy, fire, whatever. It's like so much for our brains to be processing. And like, sometimes I'm like, my Instagram feels so chaotic that sometimes yeah. I'm like, I cannot even scroll. I will just do what I need to do and then be like in my DMs and not be consuming. I, I, I'm good at assessing on days where I'm like, my brain cannot handle this today so today is like a post and ghost situation like i cannot be on here looking at one million things because it's just sensory overload um but i i do think it's just a very like on that lighter note like it is kind of bananas this day and age to be navigating a sea of contra seemingly contradictory content 24 hours a day I mean, I think that if we break it down, though, I think that that has existed in the past in the sense of like, I think about the Today Show, right? Like they would be like, Mm -hmm. and over to Ann Curry for the news and it'd be like, bad thing, bad thing, bad thing, bad thing, bad thing. And now we've got a cooking demo with Serena Wolf. Thank you, Ann. (laughs) You know, so it's like, I guess in a certain way that's existed. And even in the newspaper, it's like, okay, you've got the news section and then you've got the art and culture section and you've got the wedding. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's like, I think we, it's just how we are, but you're right. There's something about the like immediacy and the contrast that is more intense on the phone, but, but we do, we need it all. And, and I, you know, I'm guilty of like scrolling really addictive scrolling where I'm like, Oh, this is like such an addict type of scroll tonight. Like I remember I had a really bad date in New York you know, obviously a couple of years ago and I came home from it. And I remember feeling like I like binged, like I just, I didn't want to feel my feelings. I felt icky. And I like laid on my bed for like, this is cringy, like hours. Like I could have been <laughs> sleeping. I could have been reading. I could have been doing anything else. And I just like scrolled and went down wormholes and scrolled and like, didn't want to feel done my that. feelings. And then I was like, I looked at the clock and I was like, it has been three hours or whatever it had been. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck was that? Like, and I feel awful, I know. you know? Uh, it's so, I, but it's so, it's so easy. It's literally at your fingertips to just be like, I shall escape into the yeah. ether. <laughs> yeah. And it will entertain me, you know? Yes. And you yes. know what's helpful with that, with like Instagram specifically is like, have another app on your phone. Like what I've been doing when I just want to like turn to something is like, I remember my friend Nicole told me this in New York where like, she was like, I've started to put, I bought a subscription to, it was either New York Magazine or The New Yorker and she got it on her phone. She would like download articles and instead of like trying to refresh her feed when she got like pockets of internet on the train, on the subway, she would just read an article. Like she was still turning to her phone, but she would just like look at that. And I thought that that was cool. And like, I'm kind of doing that with Pinterest now where like, I'll just scroll endlessly on Pinterest and that feels like 
more interesting. It's like, oh, cool. Interior idea. And like, oh, funny movie quote. And let me like, you know, whatever. And like, that feels more correct. And I'm just on Instagram. Like, you know, you and I, I think are engaging with Instagram differently most recently because I just, which is like not good for my career or (laughs) this podcast or the other podcast or anything I do, but I'm just like not really doing it much. And I, our friend Jessica Renan told us this too of like, or you told me this, that she said it maybe of like, when you, she had something come out. We talked about this in the social media episode, I think, but she had something come out that was like, brought a lot of eyes to her work. And she Mm -hmm. was like, I'm way more addicted to it now too. So there's like, there's the scrolling part. And then there's the like, like when I'm not posting or I like don't have anything on my story, I kind of don't really care to be on there. But when I am, for some reason, I not only care about like seeing who saw my thing, but I also care more about what other people's things are during that, you know, and I don't even really know why that is. No, I completely agree. And it's the, I feel the same way. I just feel like, unfortunately, and it's, it really scares me. I have been trying pre pandemic. I was like, okay, I want to move more of my businesses off like social media and make everything less reliant on social media because truly the thought of waking up in 10 years and like having to show people my day and not because I don't enjoy it now. It's just like, I, I, that's not the life I envision for myself long-term. It really scares me that I think the pandemic forced me back online a bit more than I wanted to be. So I'm Mm -hmm. on there all the time. And then I feel this sense of just this sense of guilt when it's like, you know, if I'm not promoting, if I'm not on there providing free content, then I feel badly when I'm doing sponsored content. If I'm not on there promoting my cooking, cooking classes, I'm like, well, you like, you're not making this as successful as it could be because you're not giving it your all on the marketing front and for better, for worse, Instagram marketing is my most powerful marketing tool. You know, I realized that like my book sales, even though they did not come out recently, I have kept sales consistent these past several years because I cook from and talk about the books all the time on Instagram. I have not cooked a recipe from the dude diet or the dude diet dinner time or posted about them for a couple months and book sales are down. And I'm like, so it's, it, it feels bad when you can literally see the connection when you're yeah. like, okay, if when I am on social media all the time and promoting these things, I am making sales. And when I am not, there is a huge dip in sales. So it is a little frustrating and scary in that respect. And like Jess Mernan, again, if anybody's listening and is not familiar with Jess Mernan, she does such one, she has a wonderful podcast. She's the reason um, for this. She's, she's the literally the, the reason for this podcast because A, she introduced us, but B, we just both very much love, respect, and look up to Jess. And so if you're not familiar with her work, seek her out. She's not on Instagram much, but she has lots of work elsewhere for you to consume. But I and just... And podcasts, because you are listening podcasts. indeed to a podcast. Yeah. And One Part Plant is the best. Um, and you've been on One Part Plant. Mm-hmm. And you? And we both have. Yeah, we both have. So you can listen to our episodes. Jess and I like actually got 
it was not a fight. It was so funny. But like afterwards, just oh, yeah. like called me as soon as we hung up and was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I did not mean to be like trying to fight with you about this. But she was basically like, you never take time off social media. And like, I think that's very bad. And like, why do you post so much stuff on social media? <laughs> like, and it was a totally fair question. It really does make you think about what you're posting, why you're posting it and where you want to go with it. But I do feel like when you take a break from social media, I do it like twice a year or so, and I should do it more for like a full week. And the first few days are incredibly uncomfortable for me. Like I want to check the app. I want to like make, I, I feel weird not responding to my DMs. But like the the crazy thing is that I don't miss the scroll. I'm not missing finding out what other people are doing. I'm missing the, I A, feel like I'm not doing enough. And then I miss the interaction and like that sort of, like you mentioned, it's like, I don't want to call it a high because it's not, but it's like this sense of intrigue. Yeah. Intrigue. Yeah. Cause like you're like, I posted something and I want to, I want to see what's going on with it. I don't know. But anyway, after like day three, I kind of forget about it and mm-hmm. it's glorious. The euphoria of not being attached to your phone is kind of mesmerizing. And I'm just like, oh, when I'm not on social media and I'm still like, I've actually never attempted to take a break from social media when I'm having a f- normal work week in the sense that like, you know, teaching and writing and recipe development and stuff like I, I should try that and see how that feels because I bet I would be infinitely more productive. I typically do it when I'm like taking time off, but I feel so much calmer when I'm not checking my phone or tethered to it and more present. I'm happier. And I realized as we were talking, I think that's why people always ask me why I read hardcover books. And I do occasionally, I actually did buy a Kindle to travel with and I occasionally read on my iPad. But I think the reason I like hard books is because I don't want to look at another screen because even if it's not my phone, there's like a weird brain connection to the screen being something stressful. And so when I'm lying in bed with my iPad reading my book, there's like this underlying icky feeling to me. And I think that's just a very personal thing, but like holding a hardcover book, not being able to touch my phone, not being able to like swiping on the pages. I don't know. The whole experience is reminiscent of like emails, social media. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, maybe it's the lighting. I don't know, but it's, it's not as relaxing to me as literally holding and turning the pages of a book. Yeah. That's I I'm classically like everyone knows I don't really watch TV and I don't like watching TV unless I'm with other people. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's like a really logistical situation of like, I have one computer, I have a very small computer And it's the MacBook tiny one. It's like the size of an... I like basically run like several podcasts and like do all my life on like an iPad, you know? Like, And I don't want to come back to it at night because I have 8 million tabs open of work. So I end up just like... I just don't watch things on here. And I so I totally get that. It's like, it's my work machine. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's... And that makes total sense. And I... I feel like we could talk for hours and hours about this stuff. <laughs> and please, if you're listening and you want to commiserate or chat with either of us to deep dive more into like something that we touched on, we are happy to chat, even though I know I just 
was like, I spent too much time on social media, but you can email us um, at spiralingcomedia.gmail.com yeah. or you can DM us. And and somebody, I also feel terrible, Katie, I meant to mention this to you, but like a couple of people have DM me since I mentioned how I feel like I have to get back to everyone via DM and mm. all this stuff. And we're like, I'm so sorry to send you a DM. And like, I really just want to clarify, like, I love DMs and like, it is a complex relationship in the sense that it's not that I feel annoyed at responding to people. It's more just a personal thing I'm working through of like, sometimes you don't get to everyone and that's not something to feel guilty about, but please never feel badly about DMing me because the number of DMs from spiraling listeners that I now get being like, I'm so sorry to bother you via DM. And it's like, you are never bothering me. It's a me issue, not me wanting you not to DM me because I truly do love communication. And I think that things like this podcast and we always, I think we tend to focus in these discussions on sort of like the negatives of social media when there are also so many wonderful positives. We just, the positives are not anxiety inducing, which is probably why we don't touch on them very much. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So just wanted to throw that out there. We'll put that on our calm, peaceful podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. We will talk about it. Social media highs. I mean, there really are. I, yeah. Like, we discuss in the social media episode in, in both season one and season two, like the the gratitude that we feel for it and our communities. And also like when you have curated your feed to show you a lot of like your friends and people that inspire you and, you know, resources that you love, like it can, it often is a very pleasant experience. Um, yeah. So just... Wanted to make sure I'm I'm sh- I'm showing a little bit of both sides at the end of this. Yeah, right here. totally. And I think you know we can get to to highs, but one thing I want to say about even like I I think I mentioned this in the social media episode, but I think even the exposure to other people's joy is mm-hmm. not healthy. You know, like to mm-hmm. just see first thing in the morning when I'm feeling a little shaky to see my friend on the East coast, like having the best day, and like you know <laughs> I'm like okay, that's nice, but I'm like just need a coffee, you know, and like, yes. it's, it can be, it can be tough on that end as well. Yes. I, I agree. Okay. Shall we do highs? Yeah. Yeah. Do you of, feel like we got to, to everything through this? No, like but, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I feel as if we could always go on and on and on. And I'm I'm proud of us for maintaining our our tight streak. So, yeah, I mean, I think with this, it's like there's just so much coming at it. the consensus is like there's just so much coming at us at all times. There really is, and it's another thing to for us to have to manage. You know, it's like another. Do you remember? I wish we could revisit. Sorry, I just completely interrupted you. Um, so no, no. Please, please continue what you were saying. That was no, no, no. Ridiculous. I don't. I don't even remember. Go on. But I remember recording season one, the social media episode, and it was obviously pre-pandemic. And I remember like being in such a good place with it, and then yes! just, <laughs> and now I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like that episode that was like you being like, I am not enjoying this and I'm a tough time navigating it. I was like, honestly, I'm really happy with where I am with yeah. it right now. And then season two social media episode, I was like, yeah, it's not going so well. And now I'm like, still not going so well. <laughs> I mean, it's tough and it's always changing. And I just have been thinking so much about it, with which just like 
we're grownups and we do this. And like the kid, like the younger people, Gen Z or whatever, like they don't give a fuck about Instagram and like what, what they're going to run the world pretty soon. And so like, what's Mm going to happen then? And like, is this going to, I don't know. And, And it's also like, you know, to be like, okay, well, no one cares about this. Well, like a lot of people do. And I don't know. It's just, it's really complex and I'm trying to limit it and I'm trying to stay away from it. But also it's like, it's everything. And, but I also noticed that like so many of my friends here, like don't engage with it or engage with it very little or delete it off their phone for like multiple weeks at a time. And then we just like hang out. Like, it's just like, it's, it's complex and it's nuanced and it's, I don't know. I'm trying to just like, which is such a privilege and that you don't really have because your work is so much more tied to it than mine is. And mine is a little bit. And I think if I tied my work more to it, my work might have more eyes on it. And if I was more consistent, but just trying to do it when it feels good and take in less and just share more, which is also hard. You know, it's all like, it's just complex. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well. I think we have no neat bows to tie, but as always, we hope that this just made everybody else (laughs) who also feels senses of overwhelm or struggles with their content consumption in all realms feel seen or less alone because that is is literally always our, our primary goal here. So we got no solutions, just chatting about the problems. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, highs. What do I have this week? Hold on. Let me think of. Let me think. I'll go first while you're thinking. Okay, you. Go I don't first, have yes. any either, so this is just gonna be <laughs> stream of consciousness. <laughs> I'll say this. I had a real like working at the shop is going really well, and I was spiraling about something with that. I, for people who maybe don't know, or if I haven't said it, I work at my friend's wine shop one day a week, and. I had switched the day that I worked and I wanted to like switch it to a different time. And I didn't think it was going to work out. And it was like a whole thing and it did work out. And it was one of those things that like, I just fully let go. And I was like, well, if this doesn't work, then it does, then oh well. And then it did. And and that's been really great. So like my, my friends come in and visit me after. And it's just like, I really love that. Running into people on the street is just like one of my favorite things. And it's been happening a lot. And I always take that as a sign that I'm like in a good place. <laughs> um, That's the best. Yeah. And what else? Um, I'm like looking around my apartment for some reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I babysat a dog, a really fun a dog. I'm going to babysit another one right now, actually. But my friend Christine needed me to help her with a dog that she was babysitting. And so I hung out with that dog the last couple days and that was just really nice we went on a lot of adventures and it's just nice to like be in a different space and yeah there there we go those are mine those are great ones yeah what Um, do you got what do i got first of all i'm still in maine so that was just an overall high like love Maine is my happy place i'm just happy when i'm here overall the air smells good (laughs) it's a very specific smell and it just like is it's the best i had actually i had the best day on saturday like i can't it was one of those like 
perfect summer days. And I had gone, it was actually funny because we had gone out to dinner the night before. And it was like one of those sort of, there's only one bar really in the town where I come up to go in Maine. And so like had sort of a similar experience, like Saturday night, we went to meet a friend for dinner and then like just ran into like everybody we know at this bar. Cause oh, it's the only fun. one. And then we went to a friend's house and sat on, Oh my God. Okay. This is leading. It's just going to be one day, like 24 hours. That's Ooh, love. But, <laughs> I don't know why this was not the first thing that came to mind, but anyway, we then went from this bar to my friend's house. There were like four of us and we went or five of us and went and sat on the rocks outside my friend's house. But it was like 11 o'clock at this point. And we just spent like, we were sitting out there until like 1am just like, telling stories and laughing and there was this meteor shower we didn't realize it was a meteor shower but we were like i was like oh my god did you see that shooting star and then like every few minutes we're like oh my god that's another shooting star like what and then like of course logan was like my parent i forgot my parents texted me there's a meteor shower but like there's gonna be like it was there was an absurd number of shooting stars happening every hour and so it was just wild so we were up late and then we kind of like yeah. So like we were there and just like the whole time we were there, there were just shooting stars for, you know, two hours when we were sitting out on the beach. Um, oh. And that was nuts. And then the next day we went out for lunch with my dad on his boat. And then we came home and like one of my best friends was like hanging out at his house. We went to get him and then we went to my family's and it was raining and we sat on the outdoor porch and like we're drinking rosé and like shooting the shit. And then we went jet skiing because it cleared up. It was like one of those days where it was like raining and then beautifully sunny and then raining and then beautifully sunny. And it was just wild. And we went on jet skis and we took like three swims and then we came home and it was just like, just awesome. It was just the best day. Like 24 hours. It was really magical. I like, yes, it was uh, all all the highs. Arguably summer high. That makes me so happy. That's funny because I feel like when I was in Joshua Tree, I think I said this on on an episode as a high, we saw so many shooting stars. And I was like, that's so crazy. There's so many shooting stars. I bet it was also me. I bet it was part. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Now I'm learning. But it's so so truly magical to see that otherworldly. But yes, very good high. Oh, well, this is a good, but now I feel all hopped up off of that high. Oh, good. That's exactly what this game is meant to do. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Are you ready? Shall we disclaim? Absolutely. Are we doctors? Um, we are not. We are also not mental health professionals or experts of any kind. We are just two friends sharing our experiences with anxiety. And we love therapy. So if you are struggling, you are... Wait, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) If you're struggling with your mental health, we strongly encourage talking to a professional because we love therapy. (laughs) That's what I meant. And remember, if you're spiraling, you're not alone, you're not weird, you're not damaged, you're not crazy, and you don't owe anyone an explanation for your mental health. And we love you. We love you. You nailed it. Bye. Bye. 